This is Comedy Bang Bang, the podcast, the promo, and in 30 seconds, I'm going to tell you why you should check out the show. I, the host, Scott Augerman, have a lighthearted conversation with famous celebrities like John Hamm, Allison Williams, Phoebe Bridgers, Bob Odenkirk, just to name a few. Things go a little off the rails when different eccentric characters drop by to be interviewed as well. Each week is a blend of conversations and character work from your favorite comedians as well as some new hilarious voices. Comedy Bang Bang, the podcast. Podcast. Listen every Monday wherever you get your podcasts. Do you know someone struggling to figure out their mental health benefits? The Mental Health Insurance Assistance Office is here to help. Find us at insurance.ohio.gov slash G-E-T-M-H-I-A or call us at 855-438-6442. Don't wait. The Mental Health Insurance Assistance Office can help you figure out what mental health insurance benefits may be in their plan. Call us today at 855-438-6442. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. <laughs> That's when the cannibalism started. What was that? Man, I did, I did watch something. I don't know a goddamn thing about wrestling, but it seems irresponsible. <laughs> no, it's very responsible. It's the definition of responsibility. It's improv, but if you mess up, it's not an audience not laughing at your joke. You break somebody's neck. <laughs> That's not good. It is the good. Stakes should never have been on anyone who's at improv training. <laughs> no, never in a thousand years. Can you imagine? Because it? they are unreliable people. Yes, that is very uh, true. But imagine how much scarier it would have been if he killed his wife and kid, but still wrestled, didn't kill himself. And on the next day, showed up being like, I finally got rid of my wife and child <laughs> that have been holding me back. Now, finally, I can wrestle with the glee and abandon of a little girl <laughs> dancing in a field filled with butterflies. All right. Are you is that Chris Benoit with us, ladies and gentlemen? Dancing like nobody's watching wow. without the dead weight of my wife and child. Well, you seem like keeping you're... me from the focus I need you seem like to win WrestleMania 27. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a couple of years back there. You seem to be more lighthearted than darker than ever. Huh? <laughs> I just feel like there's a weight off my chest. Yes, all it's right. Got to do with not having to hear my kid be like, all right, enough of that. Welcome to the last <laughs> podcast on the left of everyone. I am Ben Kitzel. That's Marcus Parks. We got H Bone. Uh, Zabrowski over there as well. Uh, I bought these new. You see these new Hanes I'm wearing? They wick off the sweat. Oh, that's <laughs> very nice. Out. Check out these new Hanes extreme temperature wear. So if you haven't figured it out yet, uh, uh, because of popular demand, we've decided to cover Chris Benoit. That's right. The Canadian Crippler. Chris Benoit, <laughs> a.k.a. the Canadian Crippler, a.k.a. the Rabbit Wolverine, a.k.a. the Broom. Now, I don't know where this the Broom <laughs> thing came in. I'm not sure when he was called the Broom, but apparently at some point they were trying to mock him publicly, which might have drove him insane. <laughs> it was a janitor finally being like, the broom is a useful tool. Yes. Can you? I just don't even know what his finisher would be where you stick the broom. Does he mop up? I mean, I, I don't know what happens. It's because he mops the floor with everyone, man. Oh, I got to get that. Well, then he's the mop. It's the mop. Anyway. Or the janitor. Or the janitor, which is a great name. 
There was a, and then again, the janitor involves a lot more sexual moves. Oh my goodness! <laughs> well, Chris Benoit was a highly respected Canadian professional wrestler who, at the age of forty and at the peak of his career, murdered his wife and seven-year-old son over the course of two days before committing suicide on the third, following a complete mental breakdown. Benoit can be mentioned in the same breath as O.J. Simpson, as both were considered to be among the greatest in their respective sports, both had a history of domestic violence alleged in Benoit's case, and both were described by their friends as the nicest guy around, Mm -hmm. never thinking either would be capable of such brutality. Well, I think O.J. was more assumed to be violent because, first of all, you know, football and his big old head. He had a big head. And then the history of the 911 calls. Yeah. But can you imagine Benoit being the representative for Hertz rental cars? Because he probably drove more Hertz rental cars than OJ could ever imagine. I don't need to drive these cars. I am the car. And just people just like attached to his muscles as he's running down the highway. Thanks, HGH. Making me a better taxi cab since... My entire life. (laughs) He was very buff. Well, Ben, you bring up a really good point uh, because Benoit's case is much more complicated than OJ's. Now, most people, but not all in this case, as it does have its fair share of conspiracies, blame Chris Benoit's mental decline on 30 years of suplexes, Mm -hmm. flying headbutts, and countless chair shots to the cranium. In fact, Benoit was one of the few guys who would take a chair shot to the back of the head, which greatly increased concussions. This is not a smart move if you're a professional wrestler. No. Also, uh, it just sounds like every college buddy that used to pull that shit at parties and is now like working at a gas station who keeps telling you how great he thinks your music is, even though you're not a professional musician. You know what I mean? Being like, I see you out there, man. You're killing it, man. You're killing it, dude. Oh, I got gasoline on my pants. Uh, Who knew? The headbutt, not quite as fun as it sounds. It was a headbutt to the other person's shoulder, not to their butt. That's, which that's which I, I do no think idea. it's... Yeah, it's just a head to shoulder more than a headbutt, but that's a whole other story. Yeah, that's a whole other story. Wasn't his move jumping off the yes. turnbuckle and just smashing his head into shit? Yes, and this led to what we'll talk about here with his uh, mm-hmm. with his brain had some problems. Mm-hmm. I would say that is the beginning of a uh, kill your family algebra. <laughs> like, uh, That's in the algorithm, I think. Yeah. yeah. Now, there are stresses in professional wrestling, to be sure, as these guys okay. are on the road 300 days of the year at the very least, but... Nothing can justify the murder of one's own wife and child. We cannot stress that enough. Now, let's start with Benoit's career and just how one of the nicest guys in professional wrestling became a double murderer. Now, we are not a wrestling podcast. I don't know if you're aware. If you're listening to this show. They're we're aware. Not, we're not, yes, we're not a wrestling podcast. This is the first time I am the most ignorant. I mean, I'm always the most ignorant. Because it, all of my knowledge is fake. But this is the first time I don't know a goddamn thing about wrestling. Y'all are educating me. Well, my uh, my entire knowledge of wrestling comes from the WWF attitude years. The 96 to 2000 years when there was actual competition with the WWF at the time and WCW. The greatest time in professional wrestling where Vince McMahon was just like, Sable, 
go show your butthole. <laughs> and then they were just like, the numbers are through the roof. People love Sable's butthole. Uh, can we get more women's buttholes? And let's have a man drink beer uh, publicly and uh, and uh, fight uh, the Canadians. That was At the Stone time, Cold I was discovering my true personal freedom in the high school theater department of Palm Harbor University, Florida. Well, and I was, I was in Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, that's exciting. <laughs> we used to do so much backyard wrestling growing up. I took some chair shots to the back of the head, and I'm totally normal. In no way are you guys in any danger at all. Let's just, but you know what? We should stay in the same hotel room next time we travel. Maybe in Denver, we should just stay in the same hotel room, and then I'll do the show. Um, I, I have a memory of you telling me you have to think of killing people in a mall before you can go to sleep. <laughs> Kissel, you just. Oh, my goodness. Well, isn't that fun to have memories of your friends talking? <laughs> Oh, Benoit was a wrestling fan from the age of 12 when he attended a match featuring Brett, the Hitman Hart, and Tom, Dynamite Kid Billington. Yes. Ben- Benoit's training began at 15 when he started driving three hours each way to train in the Hart family dungeon. This now, is- I did do a little bit yes. of research about the dungeon. <laughs> yes. This is disgusting. It's real. Th- this man, he, all of Stuart. these oversized children, the guy with Brett and Hitman Hart's father had 12 sons or daughters, mixed with sons and daughters, 12 children. They're all in the basement, shrieking of like, I remember what my uncle's house smelled like. Yep. That was the wrestling house. It was. And a, it smells like macaroni and tit sweat. If you can, <laughs> if you've ever been to a high school wrestling, you know, gym practice space, imagine that in a dungeon in Canada, no like air, no windows, and then being just being tortured twenty four seven by Stu Hart. I could imagine it probably had the same smell as uh, my high school football locker room. Yeah, something pretty similar to that. <laughs> if you ever but you're took- just there with your father's, your, your, your yeah. best friend's older father, who's just like, oh, your problem here is you ain't stretching the groin enough. <laughs> and then he just like grabs your knee and presses it into your face, and everyone's screaming, get him, dad! Get him, dad! Yeah. It's fucking horrible. And they I pay- played with my sisters. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, let's not get wild here. They paid money to have Stu Hart do that to them. Yeah. it's a, I mean, it smelled like if you ever took a sharp left turn in high school or middle school and your face went right into the crotch of the gym teacher. <laughs> That's exactly what Stu Hart's dungeon smelled like. Well, the only difference between that smell and the smell of my high school football locker room is that my uh, high school football locker room smelled like dead crickets huh. because there were hundreds upon hundreds of dead Dead crickets surrounding the building at all times. And also, I forgot that the football coach was just the man who was just a bunch of other parts of men <laughs> sewn together that were stolen from a graveyard. Yeah, kind of a boogeyman type character. Uh, 1985, Benoit started his career at Stampede Wrestling, where he very early on adopted the diving headbutt as one of his signature moves. Hmm. From there, Benoit traveled to Japan, the only place outside North America where wrestling is as popular as it is in America, Mexico, and Canada. Dude, and it is way more intense in Japan. It's faster. It's more brutal. The fans are just rabid. They have a bloodlust like you can never imagine. Watch the Japanese death matches if you get a chance. It used to, as a child, I used to be like, they only dropped him into the piranha pit for like three seconds. And now as a 35-year-old man, I'm like, who thought of that? Don't, no piranha pit. I mean, it's unbelievable. They also, um, they blur out the pussies and the cocks. That's the (laughs) 
funny thing about the Japanese. They're like, we will watch a man mutilate another man in the ring, but is that a vagina? <laughs> is that a vagina? Oh, most dishonorable. <laughs> so in Japan, Benoit donned a mask and took the name The Pegasus Kid. It's a Canadian nickname, obviously. <laughs> Canadians are always off. They're always just wrong. But I love he's not the Pegasus. He's the child of a Pegasus. <laughs> Benoit battled such wrestlers as Thunder Liger, Black Tiger, and El Samurai, who I would imagine is a Mexican transplant from Mexico to Japan. The Samurai. (laughs) And he's just like, they understand samurais. All right, I'm a samurai. That's like you guys as cops, right? Mm -hmm. But in a match in Mexico, fighting for Consejo Mundial de Lucha Libre. I love it. Benoit lost the mask and reinvented himself, going from the Pegasus Kid to Wild Pegasus. And Also, the- that was a stage name that Barry Manilow started out with. <laughs> oh, I like that. Uh, these masks are very important to the Lucha Libre brand of wrestling. It really is all their identity, and if they are unmasked, it, it's truly a big deal in their community in real life. It's a huge deal yeah. when they're unmasked. What if it gets caught on like a hook or like on a doorknob or something when you're coming out when you're coming out into the the wrestling field? Is you that can, what it's called? You can see the bloopers when the mask does come undone. They cover their face up really quick and they just like they desperately try to get the mask back on before being seen by the public. So in 1992, Benoit came back to North America briefly to wrestle for the WCW, which in my opinion, I don't know if you'll share this with me, Ben. Uh-oh. WCW was always kind of the Kmart to WWF's target. But yeah. Kmart uh, had a resurgence in the mid in, in the early and mid and late '90s because they threw all the money in the world. WCW threw all the money in the world at these pro wrestlers. That's why they got Hogan, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, uh, basically everyone. Ric Flair, everyone that mattered in pro wrestling went over there because it was a massive Ted Turner paycheck. But they didn't have quite the same flavor as the WWF. Well, they had no structure. Uh, Eric Bischoff was the guy who led that sort of insurgence of those n- new old people coming over as new talent, and the whole thing. They literally gave the wrestlers carte blanche to create the storylines. And believe it or not, the wrestlers wanted to be in the ring a lot. (laughs) And they wanted to talk a bunch and not do a lot of wrestling. No, but they also, one bit we the talking about here is that he, uh, this is about the time when he hooked up with Eddie Guerrero too, right? Which was the, uh, like, that's, that's, that's plays on like deeper. Yeah, the Benoit's and the Guerrero's had a great wrestling relationship. They always had amazing matches, whether it be Chavo or Eddie, rest in peace. Yeah, they met because uh, Eddie Guerrero had wrestled Chris Benoit in Japan, and Chris Benoit kicked Guerrero in the head and knocked him out cold, and they were best friends from then on. It's like when, when the guy with the fake cast is getting the girl with the, with the co-ed like into the back of the car and another guy shows up with a fake like head bandage on and crutches and they see him, they make eyes at each other, him and the guy with the head cast and they wink and they're like, now we're friends. <laughs> Same victim. Right, serial killer bonding, yeah. Now after an unremarkable stint in the WCW marked only by a feud with a guy named Chris Bernard Skaggs, a.k.a. Too Cold Scorpio. Oh, yeah. Get him out of of that refrigerator. He was big in the WCW. (laughs) Benoit moved back to Japan. There, he fought for extreme championship wrestling known for their particularly brutal and bloody style. ECW was the greatest wrestling corporation of all time. It's it's exactly like Cave Comedy Radio. Totally organic. (laughs) It just had to put on the best matches ever to get noticed. And, of course, it it came from New Jersey. And those people talk about the Japanese having bloodlust. Those those fans, 
they loved you if you could staple a dollar to your forehead. They would give you anything. Tommy Dreamer was one of their number one dudes, and he was just a fat guy who was drunk, and he hit people with a stick and would yeah, constantly cut himself. You literally just gave a it. mentally unstable, mentally that- handicapped man a two-by-four, and he just swung it around, and everyone was like, was like, now this is entertainment. Now this is gladiators. When you yeah. talked about gladiators, two gladiators of the sport, this is this guy. Oh, look, he's throwing up. Yeah. That's cool. I remember that when Russell Crowe did a bunch of crystal meth before he had to go fight the uh, <laughs> the creatures in the movie Gladiator, but it was a kendo stick. Oh, well, fighting for ECW, Benoit was given the nickname The Crippler by ECW owner Paul Heyman, as Benoit did indeed accidentally break the neck of a guy named Terry Brunk, a.k.a. Sabu the Elephant Boy. The saddest part about what I did to the Elephant Boy, I did not mean to cripple him, is that I know that he has an incredible memory, and he wouldn't remember every second of the incruciating pain that the Crippler took him through the labyrinth of labyrinth of pain. I'm just being an elephant, boy. I guess now I'm just going to sit in my chair. You know what? Thanks, Crippler, because I hated walking around the mall. <laughs> Sabu, I've never heard him called the elephant boy before, but it's tough to say whose fault that was because yeah. who's ever getting the move done to them is the one who's in control of the move. Well, yeah, actually, it was Sabu's fault. Uh, he just did. He didn't. It was. I checked out uh, some of the um, analysis of the move itself. It was something like Sabu didn't rotate the right way or some weird shit like that. But mm. that really tells you how much danger these guys put themselves Dude. in. I trained for six months above Skip's bowling alley to be a pro wrestler, and just hitting the ropes hurts. Yeah. The whole thing was painful, and then taking a bump, I can't believe what these pro wrestlers are able to do. Yeah, and this was the first of Brunk's two neck-breaking incidents, neither of which kept Brunk out of action for long. In fact, the second time when he came back, he returned to the ring with a neck brace on. But like Brunk and many other professional wrestlers, Benoit was of that same school. He considered working while injured to be a badge of honor, a mentality that would undoubtedly lead to his eventual mental breakdown. He never what stopped. I, learned, I mean, it's like a truck driver who just prides himself on only having his gas tank in the red. <laughs> oh, we'll never know when I'm going to run out of gas. <laughs> and at some point, they will. Once you have a concussion, mm. if you get any sort of head injury while, you, while you're doing or bump your head oh, yeah. while you're concussed, you get another concussion. Mm. And so it's like you're literally looking at like his whole the Chris Benoit's whole life is smashing his head into shit. He definitely got a concussion. He's basically been concussed for like 45 years. Well, I mean, he was 40 years old. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Benoit returned to the WCW a year later, staying with the company for five years between 1995 and the year 2000. This is where his career really took off, teaming with Ric Flair against Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage in a, quote, alliance to end Hulkamania. (laughs) It does sound like shit the UN does, though. (laughs) This alliance led to Benoit's feud with a wrestler named Kevin Sullivan. Sullivan Uh was paired with his real-life wife, Nancy, Uh who worked as his valet, which, in wrestling terms, is a person, usually an attractive woman, who accompanies a wrestler to the ring, rile up the crowd, or interfere with the match should the story require it. 
And this is, for example, China was a very famous valet or yeah. security guard in China's case. And I got a, uh, had a chance to give China an award. Do you remember that, Marcus? I remember. That's where I got that was the Fleshbot Awards. That's where I got my flashlight. Did her clit reach out from underneath her pants and <laughs> grab the award from your hands? Or? It, it did. It did. And I gave her the best mainstream to porn award. Mainstream, of course, being her work in pro wrestling and porn being backdoor to China. Oof. And then she made a video to Vince McMahon. Uh, on YouTube, she said, Vance, revenge is a dish best served cold. And she was holding the large silver dildo that I gave her for her award. <laughs> and she has since passed away. Yeah, she has rested. Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's that's going to be something that we're going to be saying a lot in this episode. Yeah. They have since passed away. Yes, rest in peace. Wrestlers, Wrestlers and W2 vets. It's tough to be in either of those arenas. They don't last. No. Also, it feels like the valet's job how dangerous is that to be between the masses of drunk screaming maniacs and the dude who's just going come and kill me come and kill me and they just have a girl whose nipples are barely not visible just like stop it guys stop it yeah well, the valets can be pretty tough oh, uh, yeah. ladies. Yeah, yeah. And, so, and a lot of times the valets will eventually graduate to wrestler status, as China did. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Now, S- Kevin Sullivan's gimmick was that he was a Satanist, or at least was alluded to be a Satanist. He, <laughs> he is a big, fat Satanist. He is. <laughs> he is the fattest Satanist since me. Yeah, he actually has... The same body as you, but more or less hair. He shaved. He shaved. Well, he said, you know, he said recently that he's a, a good Irish Catholic boy, and the uh, whole thing was just an act because he never actually said I'm a Satanist. Uh, in fact, I've got a promo uh, in which Kevin Sullivan talks about his army of darkness, uh, <laughs> and he gets a little bit further into some of the mystical mumbo jumbo uh, that he used to fuel his career. And I know, of course, that periodically Mr. Sullivan disappears for a day or so and uh, he goes to see the Abuda Dean to get his batteries charged, which I understand needed. Well, let me tell you something. I was taken by Abuda Dean to the closet of anxieties where I took the cosmic cookie and went to the Amazon River of my mind where I met Og, the keeper of the key. And he told me now... The final stages are set for the war with the family because now they know, they know now that I am going to do something horrible. Now there's no stopping me, Mulligan, because you're the one that pushed me over this line this time. You see, Abuda Dean, when he strapped me to the tree of woe and people plucked at my skin, it was all to make me stronger because the horrible thing now, Mulligan, is this. I'm not taking any prisoners now. Like in Ipo, Malaysia, at an Indian picnic, when there was feasting and rejoicing, and the Hayes put an Indian to sleep, and he didn't arise again. No prisoners, Holy Coast, no prisoners. Uh, yeah, and, uh, he's not that far off. No, <laughs> the, the, the dungeon master. Yeah, and the subtitle subtitle underneath his name during that promo is Kevin Sullivan, 
Prince of Darkness. I yeah. love it. That's a great promo. I do enjoy they also did it uh, right in front of a playground, apparently. It's always good. He does, like, he does sound like a man who runs a gas station, though. Yes. Hey, yes. Oh, I talked to oh, the, the master of the keys. He's the only one that can let you into the men's room. Uh, it's, so is it a self-serve gas uh, station, or do I got to... Uh, Oh, I've got to offer you a chance to clean your windows eh, and let it... Uh, don't lose this key. There's only one according to Og, the master of keys. <laughs> well, this key is absolutely disgusting. Thank you. Well, Kevin, it should be. Yeah. Well, Kevin Sullivan wasn't doing this whole thing alone. Like a lot of uh, professional wrestlers throughout the years, there's like a cabal. There's a team. You know, oh, yeah. in the 90s, and the it was like the Ministry of Darkness, the corporation. All of these. Yeah, I think it was the Dungeon of Doom was his tag team. Yeah. And uh, this one involved his wife, Nancy. Uh, who uh, had married him in 1985. She was going by the name Fallen Angel. Mm-hmm. They also had The Lock, Luna Vachon, The Purple Haze, and Sir Oliver Humperdink, later known as Big Daddy Dink. Oh, of course. <laughs> Luna Vachon is a badass. She was the one who was uh, with Bam Bam Bigelow for a very long time, and she was a beast. No one messed with Luna. No. Holy hell, she was nuts. Luna Vachon was awesome. Yeah. My sister is the best gift giver I've ever met of any person. It's Jackie Zabrowski. She shops all year thinking about her family and friends and puts little things aside for their birthdays and Christmases. I have no idea how she does it. I don't know how she do it. But guess what? She always wins Mother's Day, but not this year. I'm coming back. Ready to win Mother's Day and cement your reputation as the best gift giver in the family? I'm taking the crown. All right, give the moms in your life an Aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. I mean this. We have the Aura frame up in my home. We absolutely love it. I can put photos on it very, very easily through the app. It's fun to do. And the memories keep cycling and I get emotional. And we filled it with pictures of Carmi and Wendy. And that is not sad. That is celebratory. So you should try it. It's honestly a really good product. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code LEFT at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. And that helps you save time. I know I'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with Horse pics. Now, part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents' accounts. Now, so what I've done to do is like, so while I'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse pics over various country borders... I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. 
So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. This is Comedy Bang Bang, the podcast, the promo. And in 30 seconds, I'm going to tell you why you should check out the show. I, the host, Scott Aukerman, have a lighthearted conversation with famous celebrities like John Hamm, Allison Williams, Phoebe Bridgers, Bob Odenkirk, just to name a few. Things go a little off the rails when different eccentric characters drop by to be interviewed as well. Each week is a blend of conversations and character work from your favorite comedians as well as some new hilarious voices. Comedy Bang Bang, the podcast. Listen every Monday wherever you get your podcasts. Now, Kevin and Nancy, who was fallen angel in the whole cabal of Satanists, married in 1984 and moved to the ECW, where Nancy changed her name to simply Woman. Mm, I love that. <laughs> and if you don't know what she looks like, she was, uh, she was Woman. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she was she vivacious. Was, yeah, yeah. Very interesting. Uh, very interesting features. Yeah. So when Sullivan and Chris Benoit started a feud in 1996, Sullivan himself booked his wife to carry on a fake affair with Chris Benoit. Ooh. Never do this. Chaos magic. Never. Don't do it. Yeah. No, Never is a bit. Never do like a fun. Wouldn't it be a funny bit if like oh Marcus. Date Natalie for a little bit. That's a funny. That's funny. Look at that. Where are you guys going? <laughs> that's what happened to El. Could... Isn't that what happened with Elron as well? <laughs> well, kind of, to sort some of. degree. Yeah. Elron Hubbard. Yeah. Now, in order to sell this whole thing, the two would hold hands. They would share hotel rooms. Oh, they would make taunting, titillating videos together. One of those videos, they cavorted together in the kitchen. Benoit turned to the camera and said to Sullivan, Consider yourself the master of human chess. Well, my bishop just took your queen in the butt. Wow, that's actually an amazing line. At some point, Kevin had to realize, it's like, oh, shit, uh, they're actually having oh. sex with each other. Like, oh, wait a second, they're Look making... Love to each other, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. You oh, man. The flirting is getting pretty advanced. I guess I'm a pretty good matchmaker. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess Kevin will just sit here with his box of Cheez-Its and his army of evil <laughs> and watch HGTV until we fall asleep. You and the Cheez-Its? Yeah, my new wife. The best part about Cheez-Its being your wife is that they... They leave according to my choice. That's my right. choice, they disappear. Right. Now, unfortunately for Sullivan, all the time the two spent together in hotel rooms eventually took the fake affair into real affair status, yep. and Nancy left Sullivan for Benoit in 1997. And this happens. China and Triple H, uh, Hunter Hearst Helmsley, mm -hmm. now, of course, The Game, the man who is basically running NXT, which is now a very popular pro wrestling show, he was having a real relationship with China. And then they started a storyline with Stephanie McMahon where they were supposed to come up and he was supposed to court her. Sure enough, he ended the relationship with China, which is why she was blacklisted from the WWE in the first place. Also a massive drug addiction. Mm -hmm. um, and then they got married in real life, Stephanie McMahon and Triple H, and now he owns part of the company. Now, this is the thing. Wrestlers, I love them. 
I don't think they are emotionally smart enough to understand the difference between fi- like the storyline and reality sometimes. <laughs> well, I some are not. Either. Some are not. Mick Foley is actually a brilliant human being. Yeah, he's great. The, the yeah, real great. successful ones obviously understand. Like Mark Calloway, The Undertaker, he yeah. doesn't dress like that in real life. No. He's not like at the bar and be like, <laughs> I'll have the beer. And then they just like he demands it to like show up in his hands. He's <laughs> waiting for it to like fly across the table to his hands. He's like, yeah. I know I can do it. <laughs> I know I can do it. I've never had a beer my whole life. Although I will say Stone Cold Steve Austin is exactly the same uh, out of the ring as he is in the ring. Well, he made that persona up himself, Yeah, which is amazing that he came up with all that. Great improviser. If you ever want to see Mike skills, listen to The King of the Ring, where Steve Austin branded Austin 316, and uh, Stone Cold said, I just whipped your ass. He branded both of those in that one improv speech. It was amazing. amazing. He's the best. Now, after about a year and a half of fake managing Benoit, Nancy suddenly disappeared from the WCW roster and began actually managing Benoit. They soon married and nancy gave birth to a son daniel on february 25th in the year 2000 Hmm. by 2003 the marriage had fallen apart nancy filed for divorce and a restraining order against benoit who is now on his second marriage as well nancy alleged that benoit had subjected her to cruel treatment and had put her quote in reasonable fear for her safety and that of a minor child this is a part of it where I started when I started researching this on my own, I started realizing how close the wrestling community is, oh. because what they were saying is, is that apparently other wrestlers were the go between between him and Nancy. When he would he separated, he left, he pushed her in the uh, in the kitchen. Right. So the, the, the incident was he pushed her. He freaked out because he's never hurt her. He never hit her before, did anything bad. He leaves. They sit in a hotel, but other wrestlers just show up and just be like, Nancy, you got to understand, Chris is going through a lot. The title's got a lot to deal with. And then they go back to him being like, you just got to understand that Nancy (laughs) needs time to heal. And it's like these 350-pound men all doing relationship advice to each other. And eventually she forgave him and they came back together. But she was always like a little bit scared because he's a addicted to pain pills he's addicted to steroids he's a fucking walking killing machine who's obviously also very unstable all the time it's very interesting it was just interesting to see how they all stick together well yeah yeah, i mean you have the mental instability the constant working like marcus was saying with the traveling uh my friend mike uh, he knows charlotte flair rick flair's daughter he went to see her at a summer slam and before they they hung out for like 15 minutes and she's like gotta go gotta drive to like tennessee uh from brooklyn they just work so much the stress level's insane. Yeah. And that's the, the other thing about, you know, professional athletes. And Ben, you talked about this before. It's like, yeah, there are some of them who are monsters, but a lot of these guys are oddly, deeply sensitive people. Well, pro yes. wrestlers are a special mix because it's, you know, obviously, as we saw with CM Punk when he tried to become a UFC fighter. Mm-hmm. Did you watch that? Ooh. He literally curled up you know, like a child <laughs> getting beaten by his uncle in the yeah. in a fetal position and just got rocked. Yeah. But when, uh, these guys are theater guys. These yeah. are theater dudes who love lifting weights, <laughs> uh, which is a very interesting mix. And gymnastics as well mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Yeah. But a few months after the uh, divorce was filed and the restraining order was was filed. Nancy rescinded the order. She dropped the divorce and continued her life with Benoit. Meanwhile, Benoit had moved to the WWF where his star had continued to rise. This guy was winning championship after championship. He was winning Royal Rumbles. Like Benoit was really becoming like one yeah. of the most respected wrestlers 
in the history of wrestling. They always called him the best damn technical wrestler in the world. And that's what they tell people who can't speak. They say, well, he's very te- he's a technical wrestler. What do you mean I can't speak? No, the- I can speak. Listen, A, B, C, <laughs> D, E, F, H? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Seven, 14. <laughs> WrestleMania 27. <laughs> Nancy's my wife. Yes, right. Yes, she is. I can speak. Okay, you got to get to the ring now. Now the ring's the big circle. It's, it's a, a circle, right? It's a, well, the squared circle. That that's a funny name for it. Go get technical in there. You're right. A plus B equals WrestleMania 27. <laughs> But in 2004, Nancy's sister, Sandra, said that she had started to notice changes in Benoit's personality because Benoit, along with many, many other professional wrestlers, juiced on the regular, which resulted in various roid rage incidents. Mm. And according to the sister, Nancy was, in Sandra's words, brutalized during these episodes. Mm. Um, It seems like he did a lot of screaming. He was very, very intense in her face. Like He was losing his mind all the time. The one thing that I found that was interesting was that uh, Vince McMahon, a part of what he did with the WWF was that he moved it away from sports so that he could get rid of all the different like drug testing things that you have to do in order to, that's why he coined the term sports entertainment, which is like, this is a show now. We're going to admit that it's fake so that we could take all all the rules off of what my, my guy's can take because he liked big fucking cartoonish looking muscle maniacs. Like people so, that look just like himself honestly yeah, at this he was, point he yeah. was one himself he started uh, wrestling in the ring sometime in like 97 98 he started wrestling himself. yeah the big feud with stone cold and of course they the reason it's wwe is they lost the lawsuit to wwf the worldwide the world wildlife federation which we love yeah. wildlife <laughs> but wwe it, it doesn't have the same ring to it, just it. doesn't sound doesn't right. have the same ring and remember but they Oh, but they just said that Chris Benoit, in order to move up the chain, because they choose who are the winners and who are the losers, sort of, right? Like, you still have to earn it, and it's really hard oh, to absolutely. do. But, well, Mick Foley just, equates winning the championship to, like, winning an Oscar. Yeah. It's, it's an achievement of your work in the in the field. Yes, but in order to do that, you got to do whatever Vince McMahon wants you to do. Yeah. So a part of it is that, like, he sort of not so subtly said to Chris Benoit, you could gain some weight. And so, like, what he started doing since the beginning of his time at WWF is just fucking juicing up. And right. then every single time, he would just look in the mirror and be like, I don't look big enough. And just, like, mm-hmm. hit a thing again. They're all crazy. Oh, they all they all have body dysmorphia. Yeah. And it's not like when he's like, you could gain some weight. It's not like, ooh, there's going to be donuts in the locker room. It's like, no, you're going to work out for three more hours a day. Yeah. And Vince McMahon is an absolute monster. He's working out at 2 o'clock in the morning at the WWE studios in, in uh, Connecticut. The guy is just as intense as the wrestlers are. So you got to give him credit for that. Yeah, you do. Well, he's the boss of the wrestlers. Yeah. You have to make a bunch of other 400-pound men listen to you. Yes. So you have to be a psychopath. And he yeah. is. Yeah. So Benoit, things not going well with Nancy. Then in 2005, Benoit's longtime best friend, Eddie Guerrero, suddenly died in a hotel room from a heart condition, as professional wrestlers are wont to do. Mm -hmm. These guys drop like flies. Eddie was the best cheat to win. He was so charismatic and wonderful in the ring. He was amazing. Then Mike Johnny Grunge Durham, who always calmed Benoit down after arguments with Nancy, also died. Then, Victor Black Cat Mar, who was Benoit's best friend on Japanese tours, also died. These guys are young. These are literally our age, these guys. Yeah. 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 
And all of these deaths happened within a span of two months. Mm. And then Big Boss Man died. Oh, my God. And he was the only law and order around there. <laughs> yes. You need a fake cop when you have all these fake outlaws. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, many say this is when Benoit permanently changed, becoming what many described as a broken man. Mm. Trying to help him, his wife bought him a diary, and Benoit started writing letters to his departed friend Eddie, but he was soon writing that he would, quote, be with Eddie soon. Oh, my goodness. Dear, dearest Eddie, hey, how you doing, man? I hope you're doing good. I had a new spaghetti dish today at the macaroni grill, and I gotta say, it was absolutely slamming. It took me on a trolley all the way to Flavortown. <laughs> And I tell you what, when I got to Flavortown, there was a post office. And when I went there and I went to the post office to see the mailman, he had a delivery for me. Chris. And it was that incredible, incredible spaghetti dish I had at the macaroni. <laughs> Chris, Chris, come yeah. join me. Come join me in heaven. The ropes don't hurt, Chris. What? Yes, Chris. You know what I was thinking about? whole family could go on a vacation to heaven. <laughs> yes, the whole family, Chris. And then the paranoia kicked in. Benoit would take different routes to the airport and sometimes wouldn't let his family leave the house. And Nancy's sister said that Benoit had 30 different routes to the gym, so in his words, his movements couldn't be monitored. I want to say this, though, because he did. Are we going to talk about his, his brain? Yeah. How was we'll the, talk yeah. about that much uh, later. I believe that he was taking, not purpose, I don't think this was on purpose. I think he was lost. I think he was taking different routes, and he would just make up an excuse, being like, well, oh, they're watching me. That's why I took this different route. I literally just don't think he remembered where he was going. It could be. That's very interesting, yeah. honestly, Kissel. That's a very good idea because also I was just imagining how scary it would be for a man of this size to be – you're in an Uber with this man, oh. and he's like, take a left turn. I don't care what the GPS is. <laughs> helicopters everywhere, and if they just let me, I'd jump up, and I'd grab the helicopters with my bare hand, and I'd snap them over my knee, but the government won't let me, Uktar. They won't <laughs> let me. And please, sir, please. I just the, the fair. The fair is already locked in. I have to take the. I have to take what they tell me to take. Yeah, Benoit does not follow what the GPS says. <laughs> and to top it all off, Benoit was actually off steroids. Now, while this may seem like a good thing, some doctors have done studies that point towards the possibility that going off steroids can result in severe depression, although the data oh. is inconclusive on that. Now, all of this came to a head on one terrible weekend in June of 2007. On Friday, June 22nd, Benoit snapped. We don't know what set him off or when exactly during the day the whole thing began. What we do know is that Nancy was attacked by Benoit and had attempted to fight him off before being overpowered by the 220-pound wrestler in the upstairs bedroom. He bound her limbs, laid her on her stomach, and wrapped a cord around her neck. Mm. He pressed his knee into her back and pulled on the cord, eventually strangling her to death. He then wrapped her body in a towel and set a Bible next to her body. Nancy's body would stay there with her child in the house for three more days. Ooh, it's so brutal. Yeah. The next day at 3.30 p.m., Benoit called wrestler Chavo Guerrero, Eddie's nephew, and left a voicemail saying he had overslept and missed his flight to Beaumont, Texas, where Benoit was scheduled to wrestle in a house show, which are audience-specific exhibitions that aren't actually televised. Now, Guerrero, sensing something was wrong, called back Benoit, who told Chavo 
that he had suffered a stressful day as his wife and child were sick from food poisoning. The phone call ended with Benoit uncharacteristically telling Guerrero that he loved him. While ben- I listened to Chavo talk about this, and he said that it was scary because oh. Chris Benoit was like, no, no, listen, I love you. And he was just like, that is an aggressive way to say I love you. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, Benoit didn't show up at all for his flight to Texas. Another co-worker called to see where he was, and Benoit informed her that Nancy and Daniel were only getting sicker with Nancy vomiting blood at this point. He's trying to set up an excuse almost. He is, He's like trying yeah. to formulate whether or not he can figure out how to say that it was an accident that they died a little bit. He might be. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he might be or he might yeah, he might just be buying I think he's just buying time to figure buying out time. what the fuck is he what is he going to do? I can't even imagine yeah. what the what the mind of him must have been like at this point. The panic and the yes. pain and everything. Or he was it, very very sick. Or it could also be, you know, if his brain was so damaged, he might have actually thought that she was just sick from food poisoning. He Who might knows? have forgotten. He might have forgotten that he killed her. Now, that night, between 3.51 and 3.58 a.m., Benoit sent five text messages from both his and Nancy's phone to coworkers. The first, sent from Benoit's phone, read, My physical address is 130 Green Meadow Lane, Fayetteville, Georgia. The second, also from Benoit's phone, read, The dogs are in the enclosed pool area. Garage side door is open. The third, fourth, and fifth were all sent from Nancy's and repeated the first message. My physical address is 130 Green Meadow Meadow Lane, Fayetteville, Georgia. My physical address is 130 Green Meadow Lane, Fayetteville, Georgia. My physical address is 130 Green Meadow Lane, Fayetteville, Georgia. He just kept sending it to people, and no one knows why. Well, he also had a P.O. box, which is what he said, because he got so paranoid that he took off. And so he just wants him. You know, that's it's terrifying. That's terrifying to receive in the middle of the night. Yeah. Now, the time of Benoit's son Daniel's death is unknown, but he is thought to have died somewhere between Saturday and Sunday as his body was not as decomposed as his mother's was. Benoit sedated Daniel with a dose of Xanax and strangled the seven year old boy, leaving another Bible by his body. Now, on Hmm. Sunday, June 24th, Benoit was actually scheduled to wrestle and beat CM Punk at WWE Vengeance Night of Champions, winning the ECW title. And some people say that that's one of the things that contributed to Benoit's breakdown, the extreme amount of pressure that he was under to win again and again and again. But Benoit would never make it to the event. At some point in that day, Benoit went down to his mirrored basement workout room, made a noose out of the cord of a pull-down machine, and tied weights to the other end. He then wrapped a towel around his neck, tied the towel to the machine's handle, and released the weights, snapping his neck instantly. Years later, Nancy's sister Sandra would reveal that sometime over the weekend, Benoit had Googled the quickest and easiest way to break a neck. I hope to God he didn't read the Yahoo Answers. Yeah, answer to that. Yeah. Well, you gotta get a convertible, and you want to drive about two hundred miles an hour in that convertible, and then you put your head up through uh, the windshield there, and yeah, that that well, should work. Uh, I'm an expert on breaking necks, and the first thing you've got to do is get rid of your family, and then that is the easiest and quickest way to break your neck. Strange, strange Yahoo answer. Um, it's also wow. uh, this is what I find very interesting about this uh, his suicide specifically. How symbolic is that? 
Right, sure. How symbolic is like literally snapping your own neck with the weight machine? The thing that's now become like it is your way of life. How much do you know this machine? You're there for hours and hours a day pumping and pumping. Since you were 12 years old, you've been working on that machine. And it's like in terms of uh, just accidental poetry and suicide, there's that, that perfect symbol. Like imagining how haunting it was to see his body hanging from the fucking lap oh, machine. Yeah, mm-hmm. brutal. And it's just sad because that match with him and CM Punk at Vengeance would have been awesome. <laughs> it really would have been awesome because CM Punk is a badass dude. Now, the next day, the WWE was notified of the five text messages Benoit had sent and coupled with two no-shows in a row and especially coupled with such a huge event where he was supposed to win a title, WWE figured it was time to call the cops. Mm. But the cops, for some reason, called his neighbor to go check on the family instead of just going out there themselves, and the bodies were discovered by the neighbor in the early afternoon. And isn't that nice of the police, just to have the neighbor have that experience? (laughs) Just let them have it. Stay within the family. Stay within the neighborhood. (laughs) Also... Uh, well, apparently it was because he had uh, he had like five or six wild German shepherds mm-hmm. that uh, the cops would approach the front of the building and these these dogs are like rawr, 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 rawr. they're like guess we better send the neighbor in. <laughs> yeah, and the neighbor's like, but you know the dogs attack me too. Yeah, yeah. yep, it isn't funny. It is funny, huh? But one of us has a gun. <laughs> All right. <laughs> no suicide note was found, but a Bible that was later shipped to Bimwa's ex-wife in a box of personal possessions had a handwritten notation on the pages that read, I'm preparing to leave this earth. Now, that night, the WWE, not knowing yet that Bimwa had committed the crimes, devoted their entire Monday Night Raw programming to Chris Benoit in a hastily thrown together tribute. They thought at this point that it was probably a murder. Well, they didn't know it was a murder. They just knew that he died. Um, and then, of course, this was Vince McMahon. It was supposed to be a funeral for him because his character at this point was dead. So he came out, broke character, uh, did the whole thing. This was a, uh, I guess this is a blooper. Yeah. <laughs> what a, this is a blooper. It's tough for the WWE, though. They go through so many tragedies and things like that, and they just wanted to be nice. Now, nobody really knows when the WWE was notified that police had deduced that the Benoit family was dead by murder-suicide, but some say McMahon found out during the broadcast, but understandably let the whole thing play out anyway. What are you supposed to do? Like, You're in the middle of a bit. Yeah, you, yeah. What do you? What can you I mean, do? It was like a three-hour because Raw is what two hours long. It was two hours. It might have been three hours at that point. Yeah, it might have been. But yeah, Raw was is an at least two-hour-long show. So they put together yeah. a two-hour-long uh, tribute. You know, they pretty much canceled all the matches. None of the wrestlers were there. You know, and what is he going to do? Go out in the middle, an hour and a half in, and say like, oh. Never mind. My bad. Actually, Sorry. he killed everyone. And then, like, fake die on stage and be like, no, no, I am dead. I am dead. I'm Vince McMahon. I'm We're going to need a bit of a mulligan here. <laughs> it looks like, well, he's not too much of an angel. Am I right? Bing bong, bing bong. I don't know what they do. I have friends. no idea. Oh, my God. The Owen Hart tribute was the saddest draw of all time. Well, Owen oh, yeah. Hart, I actually watched that live. Oh, like, I was God. watching that pay-per-view. Yeah, Owen Hart, oh, was, he, oh, was, oh, uh, he was a wrestler who was uh, doing a stunt where he was going to fly in from the top of a stadium on a zip line uh, and was going to land in the middle of the ring, but his harness broke well, and he fell to his death. Vince McMahon refused to pay the union dues, so they got some random dude in there to uh, hook him up from the ceiling. Owen Hart, I believe he was playing the Blue Angel. The Blue Bomber. This. The Blue Bomber. Blue, something like that. And he, yeah, so he snapped his neck on the turnbuckle as he fell because yeah. Vince McMahon didn't hire the right crew. 
I also feel that you know, see Vince Man Vince McMahon is running the first ever cut of the memorial trailer for Owen Hart. He's just like, Do you think using free falling is too much for the memorial <laughs> video? You know what, Vince? I think it might be. <laughs> Eats a bunch of creatine. (laughs) When an autopsy was performed on Chris Benoit, doctors found that his brain was comparable to that of an 85-year-old Alzheimer's patient. Oh, my God. Now, while Alzheimer's patients had been known to kill, I found a few stories of Alzheimer's patients losing their minds and killing their roommates in nursing homes. Hmm. That's scary. That it, is, we got to do a whole episode on that. <laughs> what do you mean? You just found a few stories of that? Found a few stories. Retiree hell houses? That's <laughs> wow. incredible. But it is extremely rare. Considering how many Alzheimer's patients there are in the world, All it's right. extremely rare that we're, they lose their mind and kill someone. We're just going to drop Grandma off here at M. M. Night Shyamalan's hospice. <laughs> uh, yeah, everything should be fine. We're going to do a whole you episode on Alzheimer's patients that kill. She's just in a room with a nine-year-old man who's three hundred and fifty pounds of pure cut muscle. Mm. Who's just like, "Are you my daughter? I hate my daughter." Also, Benoit, he showed clear signs throughout the weekend that he knew full well what he was doing. Like, he set down the Bibles. He wrote the note in his his own Bible. Like, Benoit, he gave the kid Xanax before strangling him to death. Benoit, he knew what he was doing. Well, if I know my Alzheimer's as much as I I kind of do with my uh, grandmother or my grandfather in the home, they go through moments where they realize what they've done, and then they forget so much. Lucidity, yeah. So it's very bizarre. You would would imagine he had moments of clarity that must have been been extremely difficult for him to uh, rationalize. But also remember that the doctor said that it was comparable to an Alzheimer's patient. He did not say that he had the brain of an Alzheimer's patient. But the WWE tried to spin this. They jumped on the word Alzheimer's. They tried to spin it by saying in a statement that there's no way an Alzheimer's patient could have pulled off the sick technical moves that Benoit was known for. Yeah, they literally praised his wrestling. (laughs) And they said it was too good for him to have the mind of an Alzheimer's patient. You don't understand, but the feet have a mind of their own. (laughs) I guess so. But now the WWE takes uh, concussions very seriously. Daniel Bryan, for example, had to retire early at the peak of his career because of him and stuff like that. Yeah, and you know what? Him being able to do all those sick moves while being Alzheimer's patient. That is true. He wouldn't have been able to do that. But the statement was an attempt by the WWE to both distance and absolve themselves from any responsibility as far as both Benoit's steroid use and his head injuries went, both of which are huge problems in contact sports like wrestling and football. Yeah. And I do want to say, to WWE's credit, they did not put him into the Hall of Fame. O.J. Simpson is still in the Hall of Fame, by the way. In 1985, <laughs> he was a they very, inducted very him. good football player, and he was also found not guilty. Yeah, I'm just saying. I think at some point you get 1980, you get you get out of the Hall of Fame. I but, would uh, say, O.J. Simpson was a better football player than Chris Benoit was a wrestler. No, I don't think that that's true. I th- I would say they were pretty equal. Yeah. But, but football, I'm not. I, we're going to get. I don't I'm just think that like OJ Simpson, beat up in the street. Yeah, football's because, a real sport. Football's <laughs> got like, yeah, rules to it. Oh, there you, are rules this, to wrestling. It's just so much fun to break them. You got a ten count. Yeah, it's just fun to break them. <laughs> I like those matches where there are no rules, <laughs> no holds barred. Yeah. Now all four regions of Chris Benoit's brain showed signs of chronic traumatic encephalopathy, which is a condition brought on by repeated head trauma that results in memory problems, depression, aggression, erratic and abnormal behavior, and suicide in many cases. The last thing you want the rabid Wolverine to be suffering from. Yeah. That is not. This is a very dangerous combination. 
depression. Also, for those of you that just think that nerds and goths suffer from depression, jocks suffer from it too. And it yeah. comes from beating you up. Isn't that sad? Think about that. The source of your pain is also the source of their pain. Oh, my. Jocks beat each other up far more than they beat up anybody else. This is Comedy Bang Bang, the podcast, the promo. And in 30 seconds, I'm going to tell you why you should check out the show. I, the host, Scott Augerman, have a lighthearted conversation with famous celebrities like John Hamm, Allison Williams, Phoebe Bridgers, Bob Odenkirk, just to name a few. Things go a little off the rails when different eccentric characters drop by to be interviewed as well. Each week is a blend of conversations and character work from your favorite comedians as well as some new hilarious voices. Comedy Bang Bang, the podcast. Listen every Monday wherever you get your podcasts. Now, one football player who suffered from CTE, Justin, it's a Polish name. Strzelek. Strzelek. There you go. <laughs> there you go, Henry. Thank you, Henry. That's, he Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that means kiss my ass in Polish. That's the only thing I know. In, in which means Merry Christmas. Oh. Well, that guy led police on a 90-mile-an-hour car chase on the wrong side of the highway before hitting a tank truck and dying in a fireball of steel and sadness at the age of 36. The day before, this guy had called up friends saying the devil as well as, quote, evil people in Pittsburgh were out to get them. No, I do you believe that. N- never underestimate Pittsburgh. <laughs> I agree Because there are, some, there are some evil people in there. All right? They're <laughs> gossipy. They can be very gossipy, and they can be very physically aggressive. Yes, I do love the people in Pittsburgh. Thanks for everyone who listens in Pittsburgh. Love Pittsburgh. My yes. fucking, my girlfriend's from Steel City. Steel they City. only make the finest ladies. They, they wonderful ladies in Pittsburgh. Woo! Now, other sufferers of CTE include wrestler Andrew Test Martin, who OD'd on pain pills in 2009, and our favorite Mick Foley, who thankfully is showing nothing more than memory loss and is taking very good care of himself these days. Uh, can barely walk, though, yeah. because of yes. the years. The fact that he is doing as well as he is is a freaking miracle. It is. I will say we will also all end up barely being able to walk, but it's because we've made a career where we sit down. Yeah, I love <laughs> it's the, like idea. the opposite. Totally. It's like we're crippling our bodies the opposite way by atrophying our knees and our ankles. I want to have the same legs that Chris Farley had in that sketch on SNL where they were all doing steroids together and they kicked <laughs> up their legs and David Spade had his real legs. That was a funny sketch. That's what I want for my legs. But the underlying factor between all these cases is a history of untrue treated concussions. Chris Benoit, who, if you'll remember, was one of the few wrestlers who would take a chair shot to the back of the head, said he had more concussions than he could count. And those were just the ones that were diagnosed. Yeah. No one could tell me that I can't count, all right? Because <laughs> I've had one, two, niner, <laughs> five, five, fifty, 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 fifty. Uh, did I hear a I niner in there? Latte. Did I hear a <laughs> niner <latte>. in there? <laughs> yeah, did I hear a niner in there? I didn't mean to do fucking Tommy Boy. And remember, this is all voluntary. Mm. He chose to do this. Of course. Like Chris Benoit, he chose to take chair shots to the back of the head. Again, he chose to make the diving headbutt his signature move. Nobody yeah, man, made him do as any of this. As a pro wrestling fan, it's awesome. When uh, Mick Foley has a great match, well, it's actually pretty horrendous. It's a, no, it's a counts fall anywhere match, no disqualification. Mick Foley's parents, or his family, his wife and his children, are in the front row. 
the rock handcuffs him behind his uh, his hands behind his back and hits him about 30 times with a chair to the head. Again, that's why it's a miracle Mick Foley is as well as he is today. Yeah. And imagine Benoit doing similar things, but in Japan, deathmatch style. Yeah. Now, while this may seem like an open and shut case to us, there are, not surprisingly, numerous conspiracy theories surrounding Benoit's death. The leading conspiracy involves Nancy Benoit's ex-husband, Kevin Sullivan, the Satanist. The Sullivan theory originated with a former Ku Klux Klan imperial wizard named Johnny Lee Clary, who wrestled as Johnny Angel in Arkansas in the 80s. No, it's a for- I'm a former KKK member, okay? <laughs> nothing so- is, yeah, nothing is more uh, reliable, and, and uh, what a good, I, I, I totally believe him. Absolutely. Mm-hmm, yeah. Oh, well, you got to. Well, he yeah, was one of those of guys that went on, like, Oprah and the Morton Downey Jr. show, where they were out and proud KKK members, <laughs> out and proud racists. He was one of those assholes. Of course. Yeah, but to his credit, he denounced the KKK in 1990 and joined forces with Wade Watts, the former leader of the Oklahoma NAACP, and began preaching against racism. Very good. So he, the very least, reformed, but that does not erase his post-racism career as a Satan-baiting, Jimmy Swaggart-style evangelist. He's still hateful. He just transferred his hate to something else. Sure. As a lot of these guys do when they supposedly reform. Now, Clary claimed in an article that Benoit was completely and totally innocent and was, in fact, murdered and set up by Nancy's ex-husband, Kevin Sullivan, who was supposedly a high-ranking member in the Church of Satan, hearkening back to his days with Big Daddy Dink and the rest. Of course. It all of makes course. sense. It all- <laughs> so you don't understand it, that Satanists don't group together. I just everything's wrong. Everything's <laughs> wrong with the story. But we'll, you know, well, whatever. Yeah, I mean the the, the 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 satanic Bible Bible says very specifically and very strongly do not harm little children. Yeah. It's it's a, it's a travesty. It's this not is a good. smear campaign. <laughs> Kevin Sullivan right, again. Yeah, it's a character that Kevin Sullivan was playing. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's all it's, ridiculous. It's all a character. Kane and The Undertaker are not brothers in real life. Yeah, they are. What? <laughs> yeah, they are. They are. And his what? brother. Yeah, they're brothers. Oh, are they actually brothers? No. <laughs> no. Of course they're not. <laughs> they're just two other giant men that have yes. to press belly to belly with each other every week. Mm. Not anymore. Ugh. Undertaker has retired. Yeah. Oh, Aww. did he? Yeah, so he had its final WrestleMania, the one that you did not come to my apartment for. Oh, well, I was having you problems. Were busy, yes. I was having, snubbed. I was having problems. Snubbed. snubbed. I'm not going to get into what problems I was having, but I was having problems. I don't snap. Snubbed. I get snubbed. <laughs> snubbed. <laughs> In this version of the story, in Clary's version of the story, Sullivan broke into the Benoit house with a group of Satanists 10 years to the day after his divorce from Nancy and murdered the entire family in an act of revenge, sullying Benoit's name forever in the process. The mm. thing is, is that Benoit, like Kevin Sullivan had been out of the wrestling game for a while, right? He, well, the funny thing is, is that right after uh, Benoit stole his wife away, uh, Benoit and Sullivan had a retirement match and Sullivan lost and yeah. retired from wrestling because Sullivan yeah. didn't want to wrestle anymore. He wanted to be a booker. He, I mean, of this course. was all agreed to beforehand. They, he knew old. that he yeah. was going to get out. Yeah. But yeah, that was in like, ni- that was in 97 when Sullivan got out. So he'd been Ooh. out of the business for 10 years. So, yeah, Sullivan walks in there. Benoit's most jacked and insane than he's ever been in his life. He couldn't beat him. No and, way, yeah. And five 90-pound Satanists all just <laughs> yeah. bullied into there being like, well, listen here, guys. We're going to go in there. We're killing Chris Benoit. And they're like, we're going to kill who? <laughs> I thought Echo and the Bunny Men were coming into town. So I kind of was yeah. going to go to that instead. And there's a new kind of classy hot dog restaurant next to it. 
called hot dogs <laughs> with a D-A-W-G on there that make specialty hot dogs. I was going to get one of those and then pop over to the concert and not fight the rabid Wolverine. <laughs> I don't want to kill the rabid Wolverine and his family. Woman, a woman could have beaten up Kevin Sullivan at this point. I would be surprised if he was walking. Yeah. Uh, Clary took quite a bit of heat for his claims and has since taken down the article, but it does survive on conspiracy theory message boards like the notorious Godlike Productions. Ooh. And speaking of Godlike Productions, I found another theory on the Chris Benoit board that brings in another old conspiracy chestnut. The Jews did it. Huh. Ooh, How do all every conspiracy? Ooh. How does it get? How does it get there? I don't know. I just don't understand. I don't know. They've done nothing. They did nothing wrong. They don't they're Goldberg was the only active Jewish man to ever wrestle, correct? <laughs> no, many of uh, other ones were, but Goldberg, yeah, he's like the, the king one. Well, speaking of Goldberg, this is what user interdimensional warrior wrote in the Clary thread. My opinion is that Benoit was murdered by someone who knew him and that the motive was revenge or keeping him quiet about something. Benoit was outspoken about not wanting wrestling to be a circus sideshow, and he was a for-real type of guy. In contrast, the man named quote-unquote Goldberg never lost a match. What more stereotypical and easily detectable Jewish name is there? Why did the purveyors of real pro wrestling want us to think Jews were undefeatable? Nuff said about who I think killed him. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> but I got to say, that Goldberg gimmick was so aggravating. It was extremely He's aggravating. He's 100 and 0. It's like it just have a wrestling match. Yeah. It's, it, no. It's yeah, Lesnar match. It's enough said. Yeah. So you, it's done. Oh, yeah. I see. It's enough said. Well, if you don't know, uh, Bill Goldberg was uh, a supposedly unbeatable wrestler. Yeah. His heyday was in the 90s, but he is in uh, one of my favorite Christmas movies, Santa's Slay. Oh, it is a great movie, actually. <laughs> it is. He had, he had just had a match with Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. That There was a total of 11 moves. There were all suplexes and spears. It was absolutely atrocious. And the WCW brought him out to um, counteract Stone Cold Steve Austin's rise to fame. Yeah. So they, I mean, it was just. He, he's a terrible wrestler. Yeah, and also, uh, Goldberg left the WWE in 2004. I don't know why. The, he's back. I don't know why the Jews would wait until 2007 to exact revenge. I mean, it's almost like it's a bullshit answer. <laughs> no. Yeah, another one. This is what another user wrote about this same subject. Uh, the at-the-time WWF wouldn't let the popular Benoit wrestle Goldberg because he said he would have slammed the bastard in under 10 seconds and, of course, torpedoed one of the many psyops being ran on pro wrestling. So that's proof. This is that. Gold yeah. standard. Yeah, so this guy believes that Goldberg being unbeatable, yeah. undefeated, is a psyop to make us believe that Jews are unbeatable. Okay. Yes. Brilliant. I think the way to say that the Jews are unbeatable is that they've been the focus of rage and hate by every society for the last couple thousands of years, and they still exist and live on Mars. <laughs> Apparently. I mean, the funniest thing about pro wrestling fans is they do break down, like, be like, well, Shawn Michaels, he isn't the best because he's like a six and eight at WrestleMania. Yeah, but you got to look at Undertaker. He's twenty three and two at WrestleMania. It's like it does. It's they make it up. Yeah, they it's about respecting it how great the matches are. Yeah, not I who mean, wins? Who cares who wins? Yeah, I mean, this guy thinks that either Benoit would sink his entire career to expose the Jewish conspiracy oh if given the chance, or this guy believes that professional wrestling is real. Can you imagine Chris Benoit testifying to Congress? <laughs> so, Mister Benoit, you you've been brought here because you believe the. Uh, 
the Jews are trying to overwhelm the WWE. Is that correct? It's not that they're trying to overwhelm. It's that they have currently and already overwhelmed the WWE. I was forced to eat several piles of latkes before my <laughs> recent weigh-in. They said they were trying to ruin my my body weight ratio because, as you can see, I'm pure, uncut, family-killing muscle. <laughs> and they wanted to disturb my diet regimen. Also, but I will say, love the tiny hats. <laughs> I am getting so cold up top because of my recent thinning hair. And it's yeah. just nice to have the one isolated warm spot. And for that, I give them a thumbs up. <laughs> just happy we could waste the taxpayer dollars uh, having you here, Mr. Benoit. Thank you for coming to Congress. Now, another theory swirling about involves the phone call Benoit made with Chavo Guerrero on that Saturday. Mm. Supposedly, Chavo said in a WWE Magazine interview that at about 45 minutes into the conversation, a knock came at the door. When Chris singing a- telegram. <laughs> <laughs> Not the house to be a singing telegram at. Oh, go wait a second. That singing telegram I ordered to congratulate myself on WrestleMania's here. Better later <laughs> Congratulations! Congratulations! Rough day to be a singing telegrammer. When Chris opened the door up, Chavo said supposedly that the phone dropped to the ground, a scuffle was heard, and the line went went dead. Mm. Benoit didn't call Chavo back for another three hours. Only problem with this is the interview doesn't exist. It never happened. Yeah, but that's the only problem with it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so let's let's take that into yeah. account. The only problem is that he never said it. Who was knocking at the door? Nobody, uh-huh. because Chavo never said that anyone was knocking There's at the door. There's no article well, that exists. <laughs> yep. See, that's the best way to lock in a conspiracy is to have no source. <laughs> <laughs> or to claim that there is a source when no source exists. You can say that, you know, I heard about this in the New York Times. It sounds good sure. when I say it's in the New York Times, but the problem is that there is no such article in the New York Times that I'm signed. It, because the WWE would have never allowed Chris Bim name to be mentioned in their official magazine. In fact, after the murders, mm. they scrubbed him completely from their history. It's only recently that they've allowed matches involving Benoit to be shown on the WWE Network. Which is only $10 a month, a steal <laughs> at any price. Wow. Good yeah. plug. Yeah. yeah. The interview never happened, and this is just another rumor uh, repeated ad nauseum with one website citing another website citing another, none of them linking or posting pictures uh to the interview in question well that's the thing i, I was doing the uh, doing some google search i don't even know how you deduce it because it, the, it's the rabbit hole of lies that makes it all, all true yeah well, it's all fake yeah. i one thing i also like is that they keep going to other wrestlers for clarification on information on all on, all, on this whole case and you're just dealing with other men with pre-alzheimer's brains <laughs> just saying crazy shit because they're hopped up on hgh like Chavo, I was listening to a, a fucking interview with him. He sounds like a fucking maniac. I was like, I don't think he's reliable either. Who knows? Oh, yeah. Now, one strange thing that did actually happen involved Wikipedia. Twelve hours before police discovered the body of Nancy Benoit, a Wikipedia user had edited her entry to say, Chris Benoit was replaced by Johnny Nitro for the ECW championship match at Vengeance as Benoit was not there due to personal issues stemming from the death of his wife, Nancy. That was 12 hours before anyone knew that she was dead. Did Benoit do that? 
No. God, he doesn't know how to use a computer. <laughs> yes, I mean he has to know how to use the computer. No, the uh, he didn't do that because the post was made from Stamford, Connecticut, suspiciously close to WWE w- headquarters, prompting wow. some to believe that someone in the WWE had prior knowledge of the murders and had let the cat out of the bag too soon. Interesting. While this may seem fishy, turned out huge coincidence. Oh. If you haven't figured out by now, hmm. wrestling fans tend to be a bit of a gossip-heavy bunch, and uh. speculation was swirling around on message boards on Sunday night that the only reason why Benoit might miss such a gigantic match, the death of a family member. Sometimes perhaps they get his, it right. Perhaps then. his wife. Yeah, I It's not that. too far of a jump. It's not a far jump. It is a no. perfectly reasonable thing to assume because they were fucking right. The entry had been changed by a 19-year-old wrestling fan who had also humorously changed the wiki entries for the Bronx, the Sopranos, Ron Artest, the African Wild Ass, Stacy Keebler, and the town of Naugatuck, Connecticut. Oh, man, you got to leave Meta World Peace alone. What's wrong? Ron Artest got mental problems. You got people with mental problems. Leave Meta African, alone. The African Wild Ass is one of the juiciest <laughs> fucking deers that everybody wants to f- stick a finger in. That's what it is. That's what it is. You don't need backup for that. Fight an article. My fucking mom's house. This is a fun day for a 19-year-old, I gotta say. <laughs> yeah, I saw a video of him in a uh, police interrogation room. The 19-year-old? He's, the 19-year-old. He's laughing. He's smiling. He's having a great time. Yeah. It's like a Wood- Woodward and Bernstein type here. This guy in he, he cracked the case before everyone else. Now, it's not much of a surprise that conspiracy theories about this case exist, as there is, as with a lot of big cases involving small-town police departments who don't really have any idea how to handle murders of this magnitude, there's a lot of misinformation about this case. And a lot of that misinformation comes from Fayette County DA Scott Ballard. Ballard publicly and inexplicably said soon after the murders that track marks had been found on Daniel's arms, speculating that perhaps Benoit was juicing his son with HGH because Daniel was small for his size. Ballard went on to unnecessarily say, The ball was very small, even dwarfed. Yeah, I mean, and that that lives on today. Even though that guy came out later and said that he made a mistake. That's the, that's the big problem with the internet, because things right. live forever on there, and corrections are made to stories that are erroneous, but a lot of times people will find that article. The more popular article is the one that shows up. Yeah, Unless you really do some digging, you don't see yeah. that that DA came out and said that he was wrong about all of these charges. Is it possible they were just trying to be sensitive to the victim? I don't know. I don't don't know. I have no idea. And this was all in speculation that the murders occurred due to marital strain stemming from Daniel supposedly suffering from a rare physical and mental disorder called fragile X. I think they were just. What they don't understand is that if they just let him grow into. What they don't understand is that they let him grow into teenage years. He will be able to control ice and metal. (laughs) (laughs) Fragile X. Daniel, Daniel, you know you, you know how many times kids corner you in the in the middle of the locker room and they're trying to take your milk and you brought your precious milk in there you had to wait in line for that milk never again my tiny son daniel <laughs> gonna make you big like daddy because being big solves all your problems it kind of does 
Yeah, you have you're big. You have no problems. No, not every day's a nightmare. <laughs> no, you can't. It's, it's simply not a problem that you can't fit in planes, and that like your no. heart is going to be too small for the rest of your frame, and it's going to eventually kill you, like just because you can't get blood everywhere. Democratic strategist Ben Kissel. <laughs> that's my new. <laughs> yes, uh, Nancy's sister Sandra refuted the whole fragile X claim years later uh, on wrestler Chris Jericho's podcast, saying that she saw the body herself and there were no track marks, nor are there any medical records stating that Daniel had fragile X. Now, at the end of the day, the Chris Benoit case, much like Sandy Hook and other tragedies, is so terrible and so unthinkable mm. that people attach conspiracy theories to it to try to give a simple answer to a complicated question. But the facts remain that Benoit committed a senseless act that was preventable for which there can be no justification or excuse. And the only way that we're going to be able to reverse this horrible tragedy is I'm coming back for WrestleMania 31. <laughs> They're bringing me back. They're my bones. We'll be versus Goldberg in a one-time only World Federation heavyweight event in which my bones will be placed on top of a squirming giant Jewish man and prevail me once forever as champion of the WWE. <laughs> that match would actually do very well. A bones versus bones match of the WWE did do that. Brought back Owen Hardy. Chris Benoit and Bones versus Bones. Just match. had their bones yeah. attached to many wires like yes. marionettes. Might and as they well. Just clack them together. Oh, uh, wow. Well, what a great uh, time here. I'm so happy we finally got to the Benoit story. Yeah, People I know. have been asking for it, and I think we uh, debunked some of the fake conspiracy theories at the end of the day. All he did was give his life to entertain us, and it's really sad. Uh, that this was the demise because otherwise we would be praising him uh, and he would be in the WWE uh, Hall of Fame. And it's sad when you murder your whole family, it kind of trumps your amazing wrestling career. Yeah. It does. And, and it does. It does sully it. It sullies it, to say the least. But I will also say that Benoit took no responsibility for his own mental health. He could have gotten help. He absolutely could have. He could have gotten help. He could have stopped taking chair shots to the head. He yeah. could have retired from pre professional wrestling. He knew shit was going on. When you're wrong. on the road 300 days a year trying to make a paycheck, you, the going to the doctor isn't necessarily the first thing you want to do. And the WWE at the time, like you were saying, Marcus, you, it's like it's like Scientology or whatever. Like You go to the doctor and you complain about an issue. That doctor it works for the WWE. No, Ben Wabra, yes. he did not. He played injured. He did not. He actually didn't go to the doctor much at all. Well, because like, you'll be demonized for it. And then I, it's a boys club, too. So it'd be like, oh, this guy's yeah. not tough enough to I, be around here anymore. I, I suppose so. But that's the but the thing is about that is that, like, it's one thing if he, you know, doesn't check shit up and has, like, a drunk driving accident or something like that. It's another thing if you kill your entire family because you're afraid to go to the doctor. That's it true. always is. It always And is. also the other family member, the other wrestling guys, they looked up to him as if he was the sane one. Like they kind of propped him up saying that he was this nice, cool guy. They would go to him when they had like legal problems or wrestling problems or relationship problems. So he kind of was also bolstered by the opinion of him yeah. where he came in where he was like big, like he was the, the guy that handled shit. So he could never appear to be weak. And you can which just is yeah, and you can YouTube that Stone Cold Steve Austin talking about him, just like what a great guy he was, and then uh, yeah. But it's bogus masculinity. It's just this it's this bullshit thing of like you got to do this, so that's what makes you a man. But it's just like it doesn't because you end up killing your family, which in the end is like the least manly thing I think you can do. 
Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. I think taking care of your family is the most manly thing you can do. So I would say the least manly would be killing them. But now with OJ in the comparison, no, he doesn't have the mental uh, disease, does he? Uh, well, I, I mean, OJ, he, I mean, he could have suffered from uh, concussions at one point in his career. Anyway. But of course, I mean, his shit happened years later. And OJ had his had a lot more to do with ego uh, than yeah. anything else. Like OJ was just say, a piece of shit. Yeah. And, he, and OJ didn't. I mean, honestly, he he didn't kill himself at the end of it. I mean, so Benoit obviously no. felt like an immense amount of. No, I mean, OJ can didn't. you imagine what what that goes what goes through your mind when you're tying your weight bench ropes to your neck and doing that whole thing? Yeah, OJ didn't try like the whole Bronco. OJ should have stabbed himself right away. Yeah, the whole yeah. Bronco thing that wasn't about him trying to commit suicide. That was about him trying to make the entire thing about him. Yeah, he's an yes. maniac. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, Chris Benoit, so sad. Yeah. But what a great. Uh, and we can also say if you feel podcast. like uh, personally that, you know, you're having problems with uh, your mental health, problems with your brain, if you feel like you may hurt somebody or hurt somebody else, take this as a lesson and go get help immediately because sometimes you just lose control. And it doesn't uh, make you less of a champion to ask for help. No. I also have the WWE Network. Every month we'll be showing uh, the live pay-per-views. Please come over. Uh, the last time I had very few people come over. I was very happy they did, though. Jesse Gold was there. Thank you, Jesse. He created our intro video for our live show. Micah Sherman was there as well. And GX, a nice guy as well. So thank you for well, coming the, um, over to my house. And remember that mental health is not your fault, but it is your responsibility. But it is your responsibility yes. when your friend says, hey, WrestleMania, once a year, come on over. But then you don't show up. So that is people do no, think responsibility. I mean, and, you know, it could possibly be because some Somebody was taking responsible for his own mental health. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. I'm just no. happy you didn't blame me for not going to your 30th birthday. There. So <laughs> oh. now we're even. I didn't go to market. Remember that, Henry? I didn't go to market this 30th that. birthday. Right. So a- I'll agree to never bring up my 30th birthday ever again if you agree to never bring up WrestleMania. No, you again. can bring up your 30th birthday because I don't care. <laughs> but I do care about the I mean, WrestleMania. No, I don't really care. I don't care about WrestleMania either. Well, you missed a really fun night. <laughs> this is sad. This is sad. Um, we have a big announcement to make. Yeah, that's uh, right. If you're listening to this show, you're a big, you're a part of this, and it's it's something that's kind of it's big deal for us, which is kind of I I don't know how it happened. We were nominated for a Webby oh. for best comedy podcast. Uh, we are uh, we're up against a bunch of people that have a lot of kind of corporate funding behind them. You guys have made us what we are. Um, you listen to the show every week. You've given us the money to our Patreon. It's it's been an incredible movement. Uh, it, it would really mean a lot if you voted for us for best comedy podcast. You just kind of had to put your stupid email in there. But they only send you a couple other follow up emails. It's not that involved. Um, and it would it would be incredible. Yeah, if go we could take this to the house. Yeah, go to webbyawards.com because there's two awards. There's a committee award which we will not win. Oh, that's with uh, the, el- <laughs> the elites. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Which which is the best intellectual comedy podcast? Well, technically, yeah. it is one. ours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they will not. Uh, yeah, but there <laughs> and there's also the People's Choice Awards, which is the one that we'd rather win anyway. Of course. Uh, so if you go to webbyawards.com, you can go and uh, vote for us for uh, best comedy podcast. The first year they're doing. Uh, Podcast. This is a gigantic honor, and uh, the only reason why we're here is because of uh, you guys, the listeners. So thank yes. you so very, very Thanks much. Thank you so much. And uh, let's see, for Patreon subscribers, I did do a creepy pasta. I did the one this week was Psychosis, Ooh. and it was a long one. Yeah, it was like forty minutes long. Jesus, it was. It took for. I'm in my closet, and I was getting scared. <laughs> I was like, 40, I'm starting to sweat. The whole thing is a nightmare. And, uh, and I'll be I, dropping some Patreon shit this week too that I hope will make you feel enjoyment instead of uh, sadness. And I will be continuing my reading series on the Egyptian Book of the Dead. 
Awesome. And we have a little bit more time because we're not traveling these next two weeks. So we apologize if we haven't been getting the stuff out to you in, in time or whatever. We're doing the best we can. Yeah. Uh, we're just really busy. We just love you guys so much. And we're, we're excited to see you at all the live shows in the future. Yeah. And we also just hit a gigantic milestone with our Patreon. We're uh, now getting $20,000 a month. Uh, it means a lot. It means so fucking much. And uh, it, thank you to the people that give from the top to the bottom. Uh, Patreon.com slash last podcast on the left. Uh, if you feel like we deserve it, you guys have, have fucking changed our lives. You it's have no, you, you have no idea how much you've changed our lives. Thank you how much so power much. you've given us? How much cool? How much cool to live this life? We we put so much attention towards the podcast. So hopefully, we're just going to get better and not slide into despair. That's right. <laughs> uh, keep on supporting all the shows here on CCR. You guys have been wonderful. Abelian's Top Hat for everything political. Uh, Roundtable of Gentlemen. It feels like you're hanging out with your friends, having a couple of beers. It's ridiculous to say the least. Of course, Jackie Zabrowski uh, is on that. And Page 7, Sex and, uh, and Other Human Activities. Movie Signs with the Mats. Uh, check that out. And uh, Wizard of the Bruiser. Yeah. Yeah, check out um, those. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at Henry Loves You, at Marcus Parks, at Ben Kissel. Yep. Follow us on Instagram, at Dr. Fantasty, at Marcus Parks, at Ben Kissel One. And follow us on all the bullshits uh, at LP on the left for all of our collective announcements and all that or shit. I don't know what the fuck we do with it. And, uh, and go uh, follow me on Spotify. There it is. Um, also, before we go, I actually just got like a fucking dumb hot bulletin that uh, I was texted. Uh, Don Rickles just passed away. Did, did Eddie Aww. text you that? Yeah, because yes, I got the Eddie same one. Don Rickles um, died. Don Rickles was the he's an insult comic. If you're not aware, look up at his old school stuff. He's just but when the original roast, he was like the master of that. He's one of the funniest human beings that ever lived. That was a thing that me and my dad like brought us together, of course, because he was a horrendously offensive little man and made me and my father laugh ever since I was a little kid. Yep. Um, and uh, he if he did not exist, we would definitely not exist. Um, our my I would definitely not exist as a comedian. He was the one who gave me the seed for every it was like I literally since I was two or three years old, we yep. watched Don Rickles. So said, like and uh it's a big deal and I hope to see him on the other side. He's the last of an iconic class of uh comedians who actually got to sit down and roast uh, you know, sitting presidents. Ronald Reagan was part of the roasts, uh, you know, um he did an amazing job. Barry Goldwater was on the dais at some point with him. I got to see him live with Eddie Larson. We were drinking and smoking weed in the back corner of uh, the parking lot before we, before we went in. It was a bunch of old people. It was Regis Feldman opening up, mm -hmm. cold open, <laughs> just saying amazing. He was incredible. And then Rickles came on stage uh, and just crushed it for an hour. And he had to be 85 years old at the time. And uh, the first question asked by the person in the front row, the elderly gentleman, before the show began to the uh, person walking down, working there, was like, when's it over? <laughs> when does it end? And I was like, everyone in this crowd is super old. And those two dudes, uh, Rickles closing it out. It was uh, remarkable to see a dude be able to do that at his age. Yeah. And I also want to give some uh, thank yous here at the end. I want to give a thank you to uh, the Strange People Store a t-shirt company that just sent us some amazing t-shirts uh, that are super cool. They just sent us, like, they designed a Bat Squatch shirt based yeah. on That's, Yeah, I got one now. I, I, have, I have one. I bought one on the, on the side because I saw it pop up. Yeah, and yeah, I look yeah. Up Bat Squatch. Well, now you got two because they sent you one for free. I also want to thank uh, Morbid Empire Merchandise for sending us the Unabomber World Tour shirts. Mm. Uh, and I also want to thank the anonymous stranger who just sent me a 12-pack of Iron Brew Iron in the Brew. mail. Yeah. Yes. So I have no idea who sent this to me. There was no it. note. There was just mm -hmm. a nondescript box with a 12-pack of Iron Brew. So now you can drink his like a Scott. falling out of his mouth. <laughs> yes. Stop sending him soda. Send no, he, him anything else. Send, send him me broccoli, soda. 
Iron no, Brew. Iron Brew. I get, I get plenty of this at home, no, Henry. It is, it is really bad what's <laughs> happening here. It tastes like bubble gum. That's why you like it. It, it ta- is the most sugary drink I've ever tasted in my life. It, well, it tastes like, like baseball card bubble gum, but not quite. It's a liquid, though. It is a liquid. Yeah. It is an orange Gosh. Scottish Liter- liquid. Glasgow is the only place, Scotland is the only place where Coca-Cola is the number two cola, Iron Brew number one, and they don't put fluoride in the water, and you can tell. <laughs> and, and we love them. We do tell. love them. Um, and so, and also watch your pretty faces going to hell. Uh, we're back up on Sundays, 1130 on uh, Adult Swim. The first fucking uh, episode, we got great ratings. Fucking please check it out. It only gets better. I'm so proud of what the work we've been doing on this bullshit. And uh, hail Satan. Hail yourselves, everybody. Hail Gene, and also thanks to the guy who sent the hell pizza shirt. Oh, yeah. Also, yes, and, and the last, last stream on the left, Tuesdays on AdultSwim.com. That's right. Democratic strategist Ben Kissel signing off. (laughs) Magustalations, everyone. Magustalations. Hail me, you pieces of shit. You're pieces of shit, aren't you? Now we have to (laughs) magustal. Hail yourself. (laughs) Hail Gain. Good lord, Henry. It's fun. Uh, I'm sorry, dude. My votes exercises. Is that what you sound like in real life? Yeah, this is not. This is me before I turn on my voice. For the show, because this is me with my voice for the show. Oh, thank. Yeah, just use that one. This one? That it's the normal. But what about my accent? No one wants to <laughs> hear your real voice. My accent. All right, we got to do these. We got to do these shoutouts, uh, Patreon shoutouts. Um, I guess I'll just start. Uh, Kim Fritz, thank you very much. Sarah Lara, that's kind of fun. Sarah Lara, unless it's Sarah Lara. Um, in no. which case, whichever one. Lindsay That'd Gon- be fucking waste. Yeah, well, I agree. Sarah Lara is how I want to say it. Lindsay Gonzalez, Rebecca Bordeaux, Kelly, uh, Aaron Kelly, Lauren Berry, Justin Whitman or Whiteman, uh, Rob Balderas or Balderas, Chelsea Potit, uh, LMTYA. I don't know what I just said, so if it's bad, let me know. LMTYA. <laughs> um, Keely Heck, Matt. Colin Donegan, uh, Danny Marlin, Mallory Knopp, uh, Lori Marie Martino, Victoria Cassell or Castle, uh, Nick Bender, Ali Edgar, Deborah, Randy, O-O-K-O-Z, I'm going to go with Kowaskery. No, Zilk, I used to have a friend. This is, this is one of your people, Henry. Randy, K-O-Z-I-O-R-O-W-Ski. Kozowski? Kozowski. Kozowski. Yeah, there we go. We got a Randy Kozowski uh, and Stephanie Mosier. Very good. All right. Shout out to Jessica Marie, Laura Norton, Jake Sanders, James Flaherty, Rachel Ice, Samantha Marsh, Joshua Gill. You spelled Joshua wrong, though. It's Joao. <laughs> Tony <laughs> Payne, Madison Celeste, Ooh. Maggie Bathe. Jared Jack, Brian Dickinson, Paul Z. Smith, Jason Carter, Kendall Davies, Shandell Harkins, Anthony Villarreal, Dale DeVille, Jared Gilbreth, Emma Stopskoff Ehrlich, Christopher Greenford, Tess Jackson, Brian Mahmood, Matt Lloyd, Tony Wace, Robert Stephen Bates Jr., Ian Voyers, Brooke Koch, Aitha Coulter, Mike Dominguez, Jeanette Portillo, Alex Hatch, Brittany Friu, Sheena McMahon, Christy Wallace, Abby Bellevue, Ryan Martz, Kristen, Joseph Aguero, Teresa Aidy, Daphne Dilses, 
Dylan Liebley. I got Conan Baldwin, Cassie Tremont, Shannon Kelman, B1N4RYB1RD. You know what that is? What? Binary bird. Oh. He's using leet. That's fun. Emily Yell. Whoa. Christopher Lee Froler, Jake Barnhart, Mary-Kate Condon, Jared Batters, Melissa, no, excuse me, Melinda, Rob Dolan, Josephine Bell, Brian Jones. He's dead. Is he? Of the <laughs> Not in real life. Yes. Well, he's got his money first. I guess so. <laughs> Natasha Sidney, Emma DeYoung, or maybe it's DeJong. Alexander A to Z Abramowitz. Oh. Oh, Stu. Stu. Jess Rowe Funstein. It's P F U N D S T E I N. That's Funstein. That's Funstein. That is Funstein. That's fun stuff, too. Addie Sainer, Emily Smith, Griffin Keys, Daniel White, Lauren Gathercole, Ashley Siebert, Andrew Gilfren, Ashley Sherwood, Rachel Kent, Tanner Pruitt. Morgan Beeman, Isaac Martinez, Brock Everline, Cindy Hansen, Gabriel Zero, Katie Mason, Morgan Novi, Samantha Shireson, Michaela Keister, Kaylee, Holly Carr, Eli Hicks, Sarvisberry, hmm. Christian Gentry, Allison Krieger. Hey, Allison. Hello, Allison. Hi, Allison. Hello, Allison. Candida Harmon. Christopher Basile. All right, I got Seth LaRue, David Aldrich, Dana Daniels, Ginger Tinsley, Coleman Johnson, Sandra Gonzalez, Amelia Lettingham, Chris Turner, Beth, Noah Meister, William Manning, Stephen V... No, this is another one. V-U-K-C. E-V-I-C-H. Vukcevic. Vukevich. Vukevich. I'm going to go with Vukevich. Stephen Vukevich, Lindsey Carr, Brandon Vincent, Nikki Cusack, Natalie Eberling, Kyle Siner, Dark Dark Owl Blues 7. Dark Owl Blues 7. Kind of a strange name. That's scary. Robert Kraft. Of course, he owns the New England Patriots. Uh, Kona. How much did he give? It just doesn't doesn't say. It, It says just edited, though. So that always... He, gave, he gave us Tom Brady. <laughs> he gave us Tom Brady. Uh, Kona, Alicia Adam, Jason Flinkstrom, Chad Anderson, Darian Marquez, Ted Kendrick, Daniel Chavez, Bri- Brianna O'Brien, Emily Butler, Tony Valentino. Ooh, Tony Valentino. I'll have some pizza. Adam Vale, Say You Love Satan 80s Horror Podcast. Oh, I just look did. Uh, wow, look at that. That's how you get a free. That's again, you just pay for the bump. That's you just it. got the last podcast and left bump. Say you love Satan 80s horror podcast. And if that is a podcast, uh, check it out. Who doesn't love horror films? Deanna Gordon, uh, like you don't know. Okay, they're getting fun. Erica Johnston, Zach Damon, Scotty Nelson, Dan Wilbur. And if you get a chance, check out Dan Wilbur's great book uh, regarding uh, the uh, the books. Dan Wilbur is actually a very good friend of ours. He yes. used to... He has a book, and it, it is about, about, it's about other books. Yeah. But he changes the name titles of yeah, it. Yeah, he does better book titles. Better book titles. So <laughs> yeah, go yeah. out there. He, uh, his, his, he actually has two books. He's got a book called How Not to Read, uh, and his latest book is called Never Flirt with Puppy Killers. And Dan, apparently the books are selling because he gave us 50 bucks. Yeah. Thanks, Dan. Oh, my God. 
Oh, good. Oh, my God, Dan. Wow. Dan. Dan. Wow, Dan. Excited to see you, my friend. Dan. Uh, Stephen King. Jared Jared Ragsdale. Marie Chaparro. Yoandi Boda. Dwayne Dwayne Stika. uh, Abby Mulholland. Taylor Sadlowski. Taylor, thank you so much for all your support. She listens to me on all the shows, and she watches me on the TV. That's awesome. Yes. Thank you, Taylor. She's a, I've, I've, heard her, I've heard her on Twitter and seen her, and I believe we met her in real life. Yes, she watched. Over. I just did this thing for ITV or I24TV. Nobody knows what it is, but she watched it, and she was very polite, although they did introduce me as a Democratic strategist, and she said, when did I become that? And I have to ask you the same question, Taylor. <laughs> Sean Lindley. All right. David Quinteros. Lindsay Adair, Madison, Tessa Williams, Lindsay Grace Wade, Kara, David Blakely, Alexis Dent, Summer George, Connor McKinney, Susanna Nebu, Elena Forrester, Mac Jameson, Eric Billenbaum, Christina Peterson, Jessica Spengler, Eric Morgret, Jacob Reeder, Brandon Harris, Emily Boner, <laughs> it's Bonner. Cecily. Branson Allen. Jen Mori. What's going on, girl? Jocelyn Volkmar. Alicia Gerhardt. Reggie. El Capitan Bixlado. Lorne Knowles. Hail Satan and thank you. Aaron Frame. Hey, Aaron. Hey. Thomas Bornman. Eric Severas. Estivio Asaldivar. Matt. Hail me, Holmes. Ooh. Nath Savage. Lori Stanley. Becky Sellers. Emily Podwalny. Lucas Zitterkopf. Karen Tronier. Rebecca J. Brewer. Carrie Bickett. Reinhardt K. Windy. Reinhardt K. Windy. Oh, nice. Taylor Iverson. Kirsten Turple. McMuffin Man 249. Cool. Philip Black. Jason April. Andrew Toops, Christy Sims, Kelsey Erickson, Charles Perry, Sarah Jo Lavelle. Hey, Sarah Jo. Andrew Haig, Kevin Parks. Kevin Parks. Oh, different than your Ooh. name. Don't know that one. Huh. Aaron. It's almost like it's an extremely common last name. <laughs> like Strange. your parents weren't creative. <laughs> My parents didn't choose the name Parks. Well, they could have chose to change it. <laughs> what? To what? Sparkles? <laughs> Marcus, Dynamite. Sp- Marcus Sparkles Marcus. has a ring to it. Marcus Sparkles does have a good ring to it, yes. <laughs> Aaron Blaschke. Zach. Mark Smith. Matthew D. Price. Zachary Paul. Karen Zarovitz. Hooker Crafts. Cool. Connor R. Mitchell. Brenna Ort. Rebecca D. Kotlerek. Darcy. M.B. Marie. Amy Ando. Alice Farr. Jessica Garcia. Smelly Ellie. Smelly Ellie is yeah. fucking amazing. Awesome. She's the shit. Yeah, she go check out Smelly Ellie's stuff. Just Google Smelly Ellie. She's given us... Actually, I have three uh, pieces of Smelly Ellie's art hanging in my apartment. Awesome. So uh, Smelly Ellie is one of my favorite out there. Definitely go check her out. Adam Busey and Fran Loacono. All right. Jay Adams, Marisa Spradling, Victoria Cervantes, Dana Dukovan... Or Dukovan, Jonathan Colley, Owen Vanderwerf. Ooh, Owen Vanderwerf. Mm. Cool name. Tony Garza, Brett Rapp, Tori E. Selznick, Eric Ballard, 
Holden editors, ho! Oh, I can't did. believe you had me. I did it. They donated <laughs> to the Patreon. I, I have to do the you Holden. I had to do it. Yeah, I have to do it. it. That's, that's, that's one of the rules. JT Reed, James Vanecco, Megan Galindo, Elizabeth Mata, Brittany Conrad, Liv Browning, Anthony Verdi, Kyle Ortega, Brandon Harvey, Valerie Kremsner, King Brown, Katie Knowles, Val Bourne, Cassandra Berry, Jane, Jeremy Ferris, Lindsay Novak, Lena McKenzie, Brittany Consigli, Kara McFadagan, McFadgan, their name is M-A-C-F-A-D-G-E-N. McFadgan. McFadgan. Or McFadgan. I'm not sure. Brittany Cons- uh, yeah, I already said that one. Casey, well, I'll say it again. Brittany Consigli, you get it twice. Casey Jones, Kirsten uh, Mudrick, Sarah Foezy. Foezy? Foezy. Sarah Foezy. Uh, Dan Moylan. Moylan, Andrew Miller, Olivia Tompkins, Jenna Yoon, Carl Batten, Elise Swenson, Justin Cross, Allie Ray Tucker, Allie Ray Tucker. Oh my! I like oh. your I like your uh, sister. Tar- uh, what was it, Carla? Carla Fay. Oh my goodness! Uh, Gage Cook and Stephen H R. Oh, I might as well finish it up here. Yeah. Abby Browning, uh, Alexandra Brown, Tony Pasciutto, Adam Dawson, Ivy Bull. Uh, Buckles, Ad- uh, Ivy Buckles, I believe, uh, Jared Cedric, Anthony French, Jana French, kind of a couple, uh, Matthew Soil, Christopher Waldo, or Waldy, or Wald, uh, Andre, and Sam Delfonte. Thank you guys so much. I got a couple more. Diva Zumaya, Ryan Ooh. Oda, The Eminent, Dr. D. Cool. Kate Adona, Justin Lowe, Kira Hodges, Dewey Z, Travis Hendricks, Courtney Hook, Julia Unrain, jo- Jose Fernandez, George White, Nancy Penea, The Silent Raconteur, Molly Duncan, Andrew Groden, Jacqueline Bennett Davis, Amanda Tejada, Joseph J. Sutton, Shushine, Mark, and Austin Gardner. Thank you guys so much for donating. Hail yourselves, everybody. You yeah. guys are the, the glue that keeps this whole thing together. Absolutely. Hail Gein and hail Satan. All right. Talk to you soon. Hail yourselves. Magustalations. This is Comedy Bang Bang, the podcast, the promo, and in 30 seconds, I'm going to tell you why you should check out the show. I, the host, Scott Aukerman, have a lighthearted conversation with famous celebrities like John Hamm, Allison Williams, Phoebe Bridgers, Bob Odenkirk, just to name a few. Things go a little off the rails when different eccentric characters drop by to be interviewed as well. Each week is a blend of conversations and character work from your favorite comedians as well as some new hilarious voices. Comedy Bang Bang, the podcast. Podcast. Listen every Monday wherever you get your podcasts.